Potter Who Cast. Hello and welcome to Potter Who Cast, where we look at every episode of Doctor Who and its spin-offs and everything else, like Time Lord Victorious, Dreamland. Uh, what's the other one? That, uh, Infinite Quest. Infinite Quest. Um, I'm David, and this week uh, I am joined by. Hello, I'm the northern version of David, Peter. Oh god, I, well, I, yeah, I haven't branded that far yet, so... Um, <laughs> we we not, support not, United Ireland on Potter Who. We do. Uh, we support a lot of things. Uh, we don't support Daleks turning people into other Daleks to uh, continue a war that ended years and years before, like in this episode, which means today we're talking about Series 1, Episodes 12 and 13, Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. Series finale, uh, Doctor finale. And uh, before we begin, Peter, that's you. Yes. Uh, we're, we're friends. We've been friends for 10 years, I think. Isn't that mental? <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. I was like thinking about the other day, like that, that, like that era of like being online and doing all the stuff is just completely gone. Like you wouldn't have like Facebook was so huge back then, and now it's just like cults and racism. Yeah, literally, we we met on a Facebook group for a magazine that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, magazines in general probably don't exist anymore either. So it it is weird that we we didn't even meet through Doctor Who specifically but it's ended up being like the the thing for us yeah oh. nintendo it was all nintendo we still love nintendo but we don't love the the people that we met in there but we <laughs> we survived that we survived oh they survived through me well through <laughs> okay so i mean i know how you got to doctor who but just for the people at home how did you get into Doctor Who? Well, my dad is a massive fan and like has always been. And I remember growing up, we had all the VHSs um, in order in a little cabinet in the hall. And he would be like, pick one. And then I would just see one. Like, I think my first one I ever remember watching was The Three Doctors, which is a weird choice. And I feel like I've seen The Five Doctors about 500 times. Because I feel like it's a very accessible like fun you don't have to know anything really story but then i remember hitting my dad was so excited for the the comeback in 2005 and we made a scrapbook together of um like radio times cuttings every week um for that and i just it became an obsession of mine where i had watched the classic who that my dad had shown me and I was like, oh, that's cool, whatever. But I feel like with New Who, it made me, it contextualized it for my generation. And then it made me want to go back and want to dive into the extended universe, like with like Big Finish, comics, books, which my dad already had, which was very handy. Um, but yeah, that first season just has such a special place in my heart for making it something for me not something just that it was my dad's it was ours like we watched it together we watched it as a family 
and especially this this finale wow like it blew my little seven-year-old brain and even like it's something you can watch multiple times to get multiple different things out of like the the cultural references that you wouldn't have got when you're a kid like the depth of the emotion like the acting like incredible the cgi is it still help still holds up to me i think it just looks it does look a, you can tell some of the references do date it but it, it's for our generation like it's i i think it's perfect i love that i love this finale i think it's probably the best finale that they've ever done so strong so good i think well yeah we'll get to that but um just before we begin a couple of things um a few facts we love facts uh, this was broadcast the 11th and the 18th of June, 2005. I keep saying 2005. I, I don't know what it is. I think I'm used to what 20... You, hmm? What age was I? What I was... Eight. Yeah, it was eight years old. Um, and I was absolutely terrified to death of that regeneration effect. So I, cu- I couldn't actually watch the it's last minute until I, was, until I was like 12, I think, is when I ended up watching like the last... 10 minutes of this of this two-parter uh it was written by russell t davies obviously and it was directed by joe ahern who as you'll know if you've listened to the episodes before this directed dalek father's day and boomtown um, this is his last one this is his last one for doctor who yeah yeah i think pretty good pretty good pretty good way to go out uh-huh definitely those episodes are like for that to have that in your repertoire for getting the dalek episodes of the first season of doctor who coming back like it'll look good in the cv probably the, yeah, the dalek I... episodes i feel with doctor who like can only go down like i feel like dalek and this is so strong it just go like every season they come back they kind of cheapen for me yeah i, I think the biggest mistake that they'll that they've ever made uh beyond a couple of other mistakes but the um one of the biggest mistakes is that dalek reveal in army of ghosts i think that just kind of that's the point where things start going downhill for them but uh anyway as we almost always do as well uh it's time to break down these two episodes into five key points plot or story, whatever you want to call it. So, point one. The TARDIS crew find themselves in deadly futuristic versions of game shows uh, brought us to the Satellite 5, which is now run by the Bad Wolf Corporation. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Bad Wolf oh, has come that? up a lot. I wonder uh, if we'll find out what that is. Thing. No. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But what what a cold open. Like what an, I love a story where we start in the middle of like like we don't start with them landing and getting out. It's like we're thrown in. We're like the last thing we think is, oh, the the happy Jack Rose Nine Tardis team. They're gonna go drop off a Slovene egg, and they're all laughing their way, and then suddenly we're like, boom, the and we're on BBC One, and the the Big Brother theme tune is playing. <laughs> I just love that. I love that. Like 
confusion. You're like, what is going on? I want to know what is going on. And like that, I don't know what you call it. You're, you're the film person. I don't know what you call that kind of shot where it's like spinning, but like it's spinning at the start and he's like in the fetal position. Uh, just an overhead shot. It's called a cool shot, but that's, it's what it's called because it's cool. But I think it, it like I think that that kind of symbolizes the disorientation that you're supposed to feel. You're like, what? Like we just we're we're shown like a previously that's all about the long game, and you're like, what? I thought we were over that. I thought not the return of Adam, not not that comic where Adam is the bad guy. <laughs> I think you mean the iconic thirteen issue run of Prisoners in Time. That um, we would have talked about in depth, I think, with Sam uh, a couple of episodes ago. Well, I don't envy him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, point two, the Doctor and Jack escape. The Doctor realizes that the stuff that he did in the long game that he thought was good has actually destroyed human civilization as he knows it. Um, they end up finding Rose, but Rose gets killed before they can do anything and they are arrested for trespassing. Point three... They break out. They go to floor 500. The doctor realises that Rose didn't die. She was kidnapped. But who was she kidnapped by? The Daleks, who have been behind everything since the long game. And how they survive? They survive through the Emperor Dalek, who thinks he's a god. Uh, point four. The doctor returns to Half-Life 5 with Rose. Starts trying to figure out what to do. He says he's going to build a Delta Wave, which will fry the brains of all the Daleks in the vicinity, but also all the humans. So he sends Rose home in the TARDIS. Uh, Jack goes to rally the troops to fight off all the Daleks. And the Doctor kind of realises that he has to kill everyone again. It's a, it's a time war all over again. You can't do anything about that. Point five. The Daleks kill everyone, including Jack, and bomb planet Earth. Uh, Rose, with the help of Mickey, Jackie, and a... Uh, what would you call that? It's like a... A, a yellow truck. Big yellow truck uh, uses that to pull a panel off the TARDIS and absorb the time vortex. She goes back to Satellite 5, uh, disintegrates all the Daleks, reveals that she is Bad Wolf, and she spreads the words throughout her timeline so that she will find her way there without any problems or anything. The Doctor realizes she'll die if she keeps it inside of her, so they kiss, and then he absorbs the time vortex. But as a result, he has to regenerate and he becomes David Tennant. And that is the five key points. So, I mean, you've already said as well, but we both love this finale, I, I guess. Oh, yeah. Like, I I love them to be... I love everyone being split up. It gives them... that It feels like there's stakes in the finale rather than if they're with the Doctor... I don't know, like, did you go into this in 2005 knowing that it was Freckles without Christopher no. last episode? No. No, I didn't even know that the regeneration was a thing. I didn't know that you could recast. I think I even knew what like, what recasting was. I think I just knew, like, that this is, this is Doctor Who and he runs around with those stuff and that he'd be there for however long the show will be on. Yeah, and I feel did like you I know wish... I wish I had not known that, but my dad loves to be like, "Did you know this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a regeneration?" And I'm like, "Me, age seven, like, uh-huh. I just want a sonic screwdriver for Christmas." <laughs> I remember I got the like, um, 
RC Dalek that Christmas, and it was iconic. Oh, I miss that. I miss when they did stuff like that. The so merch much. was like that season one merch. Like it was less than seems to come, but I just loved it. I loved my um, invisible ink. Yes. Oh, I have one of them still as well. I lost the I lost the psychic paper, but I have the the screwdriver still. And I remember that I always was confused because they did figurine like uh, the action figures of nine and like a black Dalek with gold. And where was that? They are um, they're well, they're not they're not they're JPEGs basically in the episode. But there's when you see the Dalek Emperor, like the four Daleks around him are they have black casings. Oh, you, can, you can barely. Yeah, you can barely see them because they're poorly lit. But like, that's where they are. There, I think there's a balance in time. There's a balance in time card as well. I think for oh, battles in time. Wow, oh. I I ran the playground because <laughs> it's like you know the way. I don't know in your school. I don't know if it's the same, but it was always those like fucking match attacks, and I was like, I can't relate to this. And then suddenly, I was the expert when they were cool for like two months. And I, I literally sometimes feel guilt about making this girl swap me the Super Rose card, you know, like Super Rose from this yeah. episode, where like the like nine 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 attack or something, and I made her swap me it for something really basic. I can't remember what it was, but like she believed me because I was like, my one's rarer than yours, <laughs> and I was like, I need that Super Rose because you don't need it. Thousand <laughs> time. That's another thing that will never come back. That level of brand thing but where when's the battles in time episode uh where you just read out the names of each episode <laughs> of each card there's uh slithine one slithine two uh scratch and sniff Sift? there's a scratch and sniff slithine card there's oh, um remember the scratch and sniff ones <laughs> oh my god the amount of money that our parents probably spent oh yeah dash and um the Doctor Who sticker albums used to do as well. Oh like, yes, and because you had to get all of them to then send away for the massive sticker on the back page. Yeah. Oh man. Memories. I wish I was like engaged. Like I, I am. I am struggling currently with the like. I love Doctor Who, and I will always watch it. But like, I nothing can touch this era. Like the first four seasons are just so important to me, and I know that's like basic to be like, oh my god, David Tennant, but it's not Tennant's Doctor. It's just like the. I think it was just like it hit us at the perfect age. Yeah, we were in like the right place, the right time, for it to like, fully impact our lives, and like the the episodes from these seasons are so, like they are in my head so much more than like, I I could tell you every episode of Judy, but I wouldn't be like oh here's what i love about each episode it just feels different but i'm not going to be a not my doctor because i think jody whitaker is brilliant but i don't think the scripts are as exciting to me at my age yeah there um there's something very strange but chris chibnall's thought process for a lot of stuff and again uh, he keeps putting it into this like oh well um it's a five year plan i'm like but no one has the attention span of five years for <laughs> waiting for something to be good and it's almost been five years since he took over, so. Whereas I feel like with Russell, he I feel like he had the entire thing planned out before, whereas I feel like Chibnall and Moffat, to an extent, so sometimes think of a plot 
and then just see where it goes and then wrap it up when it's they can't be bothered with it anymore. Whereas I feel like with with this arc, with Bad Wolf, I feel like it is so well weaved and subtly weaved. And every so often you'll watch an episode and see a Bad Wolf that you didn't see. Like I found out there's a Bad Wolf in Gridlock and then I didn't even notice. Wow. There's torch within this as well, and there's um. I know. Did you not think they were gonna do more? Um, like that would be a perfect place to like put in a wee classic who. Like, selection of references in the questions. Do you not think, or do you think it is better to yeah, keep it like? I, I mean, I I would have as well. Like, I'm surprised that like. I don't know. I think if it was Moffat, he would have been like um. Like named the delicate to Mars from year to year yeah. after Centauri or something like that. But like, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's weird that um. What do I think is I don't I can't even remember what I was gonna say, but I just think it, it does make the world more rich because it is being like oh here's things we don't even know about. But I feel like even just a wee nod to something or someone. I get that this episode, well the next episode, is directly related to Evil of the Daleks, which is fair enough via the emperor but i love i love a wee reference but i get that you can't oversaturate it with just constant references that are going over children's head because like no one cares yeah unless like me you're reading that um those doctor who monster books like uh, monsters and villains and alien and oh my god i love them monsters and villains was the first one wasn't it i think so i remember it explained the emperor and i was like oh my god can't wait to watch evil the daleks and then my dad being like well (laughs) <laughs> well, well, you're gonna you're gonna have to wait for. You can watch episode time. one that has like one Dalek, <laughs> and then those three D fan animated ones that are like, like Second Life uh, avatars walking around doing stuff. Well, can't believe Philip Morris just watches Evil Daleks every day and doesn't share them. Look, I think I think a lot of things are wrong with Ian Morris. I think that's the worst thing that he's ever done. Is Hold back fifty thousand episodes of Doctor Who. Well, twenty twenty really said, "Let me uh, usurp Ian Levine <laughs> as the most irritating person in the Doctor Who fandom and replace him with Phil Morris." Oh man, uh, you better not say that because Phil is on next episode. So, oh uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, Phil, release Web three. Thank you. You were saying about like the arc, and what I was thinking of is like, as well as like the Bad Wolf stuff. There's like such a clear emotional arc through the series as well of like the doctor kind of confronting there's like a lot of bleak stuff in this series like the first thing that he and rose do in the tardis is go to see the earth die uh like gwyneth dies uh in cardiff trying to save the gelf from destroying the world london is almost nuked because it's the, the slovene um the whole thing of dalek is very bleak uh Father's Day, Rose has to see her father get killed again. Uh, yeah. Empty child, Doctor dances. Uh, this whole thing about like a society that's been overlooked and uh, whatever. We've talked about it before, uh, but and like this, I think is just so incredibly bleak from like the get go. Like in between people getting killed instead of being voted off, or well turned turned into Daleks, and like Eccleston's whole kind of thing of. He has to kill. He everyone has to die for the doctor to rectify the mistake he made. I think like the bleakness 
is so clear. But then there's also the scene of like through the bleakness, like love and compassion and the doctor will save the day. And I think that's a great little arc that he just doesn't do again. Like series two is I think more concerned with like the will they won't they of Doctor and Rose. Mm. And then like series three is more concerned with is the Doctor the last one? And also will like is the Doctor over Rose? And also um will Martha get a book about her walking around for a year that will then release well after the episode's come did out. I, did I tell you that I just read that like last week? No. Is it good? Just the way you just referenced that, I was like, oh, it's not good, guys. <laughs> I love Martha, but it's not good. Who would have thought? And I guess then series four is like, I don't know, the plants are disappearing and... The bees. Yeah, and uh, the doctor might die. And Rose obviously coming back as well. But I think like this and series five are the two series where like there's a complete like emotional... And kind of, I suppose, tangible kind of storytelling arc that work in tandem so well together. And then like it just completely never happens again. Yeah, I feel like that Eccleston plays it so well for not like I I get that he's not really a fan. But like there was no context for what the Doctor was supposed to be like after the Time War. And I feel like him, he plays it so well as like he is someone who has been ravaged by something and it's just he just wants like companionship and i feel like him bringing her to the end of the world is so like my my world died let me show you what your world died so you can like contextualize what i'm feeling and i feel like the bleakness of the season is kind of in reference to the fact that he has just seen everyone die he's just caused the time war like and ended it but I feel like there is, although the the themes are bleak, I feel like there is a lot of fun with Eccleston in a way that's not cocky, like Tennant plays it. Um, I feel like he really, like Eccleston really just wants to sh- like have a nice time with Rose. I don't feel like the, the love storyline is so obvious as it is with Tennant. I feel like they are slowly growing together throughout the season. And you can even see in like, father's day that he's like angry that rose isn't what he was building her up to be like this perfect person and then i feel like in this one it's sh- it's so dangled that he could just lose her and he's like i like, he's lost everything he doesn't want to lose like the one person that he's like falling for but i don't think it's overt in that they're falling for each other the whole season like every like i feel like season two is very like how many shots can we get of them looking at each other like with doe eyes? I don't know. What what do you think about the kind of love? Um, I think it's like, I think it's kind of more that he's learned to love himself in this series because like the last line he ever has is like, you were fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. Oh, beautiful. And it, it, it's, a, it's such a clear thing. Like he's learned that he can be the doctor even though he's done what he's done he like he learns that like no like even if like even in this episode he learns that he has completely like messed up the entire human race because he thought he was doing something that was beneficial for them very and, um, like, they are 
very dodo's cold. <laughs> it's uh, they should have gotten dodo back for this. They should have gotten Jackie Chaffer back in to do a couple of to scenes sneeze on like the Cyber Dodo. <laughs> Actually, can I just say while we're here, uh, Nicholas Briggs as the Emperor Dalek is probably the best performance he's ever given next to playing uh, Christopher Eccleston in like four or five Please big do finish. Not. Please. <laughs> you know, I feel the same way about Nick Riggs as you feel about it. Is it Barnaby Edwards or someone that you... <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I, I think it might be Barnaby Edwards, I don't know. Uh, if Barnaby's listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Barnaby. Um, well, Nick, if you're listening... <laughs> Stop being so aggressive. Um, <laughs> but I do think the, uh, the Emperor Dalek is like incredible, like so scary for something that you literally can't move and is not really a threat. There's not, like, I thank fuck they didn't give him a massive gun and a massive plunger. <laughs> but I remember uh, that the the cliffhanger, not the cliffhanger, the next time trailer for Parting of the Ways, where it's just crit, like Eccleston turning around, it's like they, I'm not going to do the impression, but like, they through, through me. Through me. I'm like, oh, a massive Dalek. <laughs> but like, I don't know if that was supposed to be everyone thinking it was Davros, but like, uh, the- appar- apparently, um, at one point, they considered it being Davros. Which I think kind of would ruin the well, not ruin. But I think I don't think it would work as well as it being just a Dalek who thinks he's a god. Yeah, especially because it's that sort of because they are hybrids and are like not true Daleks. I feel like it would confuse the storyline of Davros loving like the purity of the original Daleks. And also, if if you're a casual viewer and you hear like they're making Dalek human hybrids, and you have Davros who is like. A humanoid Dalek guy, they'd probably be like, "Oh, this is this guy, is this the first one, or is this a different guy?" Uh, and are we led to believe that like this is just a different emperor than in Evil of the Daleks? Like, is it kind of just a title that's passed on? I assume it has to be because the way like Evil ends doesn't. It, I haven't seen Evil in. When did we do when when did we both watch Professor Koo? That was twenty thirteen. God, twenty thirteen. Um that's probably the last time I saw Evil. But the, it, it ends with You've like seen Evil. Oh yeah. Oh me and Phil are me oh. and Rogue Cyber <laughs> me me and Rogue Cybermen are um and you remember Rogue Cyberman? Yes. No, I, if did you Rogue Cyberman Rogue... not say I remember once they tweeted like Oh, the Macro Terror is going to be released on Valentine's Day. I was buzzing. Well, it didn't happen. <laughs> the context here is that there was a guy called Rogue Cyberman who uh, pretended to have missing episodes. And it was actually a front for his adult entertainment uh, scam site where you would go in and it was, it was like you went in, you put in your details and that uh, he would send you a copy of the, of the missing episodes. Yeah. And... It's a scam. I remember Ian Levine got very upset. Well, Ian Levine has all these um, animations that he doesn't want to <laughs> give out. His uh, his incredible, not very, not very bad at all. Very good. Totally not 
terrible looking animations that no one wants to watch for a very good fair, reason. His his mission to the unknown is incredible, but he just holds on to it because he has a god complex. Wrong episode, but <laughs> well, kind of well, the god of all Daleks. And um, Satellite Five is like a hotel because they're all in different rooms in Satellite Five and uh, in God Complex during the hotel. You know, True. Think about it. We have a pseudo companion who looks to be better than the actual companion and then gets killed. She's uh, I don't have her name. Really? <laughs> I don't have the actress's name. Is, is it Joe Joyner? Yeah, Joe Joyner as yeah. Linda. She's really good in this. I think. I think she's really like. Like, it is that, that thing they love to do in Doctor Who where they get someone who is moderately big and they're like, let's pretend they're, like, literally going to be the companion and then they won't be. I think it's that nice, scene... though, because it does, it does let you have the interaction of Eccleston with other people that you don't get from just having one season. Yeah. And that scene as well where the Daleks exterminate her is, like, I think it's one of the best Dalek scenes that ever done as well. With, like, just yeah, being, standing the... outside. And you not being able to hear exterminate, but you've you are filling in the gaps with your own mind when their lights flash. So good. Um, also, I was going to ask you. Obviously, you've done the first four episodes, but do you think that Eccleston's performance changes when he himself? Because I, I know it was the first production block where he was like, "No, I'm not doing this long term." Do you think he is giving? the same performance like that the a consistent performance all season because i feel like he is so I, strong in this even though he knows that he's never going to do this yeah, again. He, i think um i think he is very committed to to the whole thing i think there's there's one episode i think where he, he's kind of just being like whatever okay but that was that's the long game and that's because on the i don't think i don't know i only found this out like i think it was a couple of months ago that um because the long game was the way it was, um, production wise and everything, that he and Piper like weren't going to be in that much. It's going to be like a, a complete Adam episode, and because RTD was like, okay, you have good chemistry, he wrote like all their lines on the morning they're going to shoot the the episode. I think you can tell in that episode that he's kind of, I wouldn't say not comfortable, but you can tell he's kind of just like saying lines. He's he's only learned like half an hour ago. But I think, I think in general he is very good throughout the whole thing. I'm not sure he's committed to the to the show as much as he was, but I think he's very good with what he's given to do. Definitely, um, like I, you can tell the I think the emotion is really strong in this episode, without words. Like he does do it, like when he runs over to when Rose gets androided like he you can just see he's distraught and he's like touching the like ash and he doesn't have like tenant would like pop off and have a big spitty shouty dialogue but i feel like Eccleston is more subtle in that he's just like not again not not another person dead because of me he's um i think he's does so well with like those quiet emotional moments, especially like later on as well when he has he's talking to the Emperor in Satellite Five and he realizes what he has to do. Like when he like when he sends Rose home, like 
like the way he plays it like you know i'm so excited like you've you're a genius whatever and then the look he gives like when he gets out of the tardis it's like, so kind of heartbreaking and like yeah, completely it emotional does, it does so much with no words which i think he can do because he like he in the different sense that i know that billy piper wasn't as experienced an actor as him at that point you can tell that he has the subtlety to do those kind of scenes where it's like you need to convey this like in one shot without saying anything i can't i'm i'm wondering how he's going to do with big finish because so like his doctor is so like a physical presence that like just him just being it just being his voice like i'm wondering how he's going to adapt to that kind of performance for the doctor i am very nervous and i feel like they are going to shoehorn all these stories into before rose i think unless they do like the last box set with billy piper but i see it but i feel like that takes away from the importance of rose unless they just kill every every episode he gets a companion and they die (laughs) i can't wait for him to suddenly have a a story with tom baker and david tennant and uh well whoever else they can find they're going to do dialects and guarantee they're they're going to like do a dialect story that like makes no sense and doesn't fit into like the yeah we'll we'll destroy the the of the episode dalek by showing him with daleks nick briggs will wet himself with glee to be like oh i've been the dalek against all these doctors on big finish and on tv and it's like what about like i feel like big finish do not like to walk the line with making things in the tv more important like that's why i hate like so there'll be an amazing like for example the weeping angels is a bad example but if steve blink was a standalone with the weeping angels the power of those enemies but then we the more you bring them back the less they are like they love bringing back the Vok robots from robots of death and it's like they're less interesting every time you bring them back especially they're just they did another they just did another four and leela story with them i'm like they just makes it like irrelevant just wait until they get the rights to like capaldi and smith's era and we get like uh Vincent the Doctor two, Vincent the Doctor three. Oh uh, yeah, Tom like Baker. Me- Tom Baker meets Tom Baker meets Vincent the Doctor. Um, Toby Tom Jones Baker will come back. Meet... <laughs> Tom Baker meets uh, Kelsey from Invasion of the Bees. <laughs> She's in Faction Paradox, so you know you can't you can't uh, oh, can't mess can... with her. Well, <laughs> that is just it's. She is, isn't she? Is is Trinity Wells in there as well? I'm pretty sure there's like random like side characters who end up in. Fucking big Paradox. finish of me at Jack meet Trinity Wells, as well. I'm like, right. It's just like they big finish to me is like a generator where they just be like, this doctor, this companion, this monster, this place, and they just generate it randomly and just make a three hour, four box set story about. River Song meeting Cassandra, and you're just like, okay, we get it. <laughs> River Song meets the uh, grandmother from the Idiot's Lantern. River Song meets um, Chanto. River Song. Meets... Oh my god, I, w- I would listen to the Chanto box. Uh, let's be, let's make that clear. 
I like. I know this is this is off topic, and we'll get back to it. But I just listened to the Masterful. Have you heard of it? That's it, someone like Eric Roberts and all of them, isn't it? Yeah, it's like every master, and when I tell you, it's a mess. I feel like <laughs> the masters are have less distinctive voices than Big Finish think they do, and it's, it feels like seven white men speaking, and then Missy <laughs> is the only one you can hear is distinct. And they have like Mark Gatiss as um, like a random alternate universe doctor. They have Chameleon as a master. <laughs> they have that like young master that like looks into the untempered schism. Like we don't need all this. Do you think um, Julia Roberts or Emma Roberts know that uh, Eric Roberts? Those big finish audios now, because they surely, must be, like because he's yeah he's been filming he's been recording box sets and recording that and everything. No, I I can guarantee you, no one other than probably you wanted any more Eric Roberts content. <laughs> Listen, us Eric Roberts fans, bring back the snake and bring back um the the master who was not Eric Roberts in the um. In the TV movie at the start, where the Daleks are, the helium voiced Daleks are interrogating him. Well, are you just going to do um, Classic Who on this adventure? Uh, Classic Who is going to be a Patreon go if we ever get, oh, get to that well. point, because I'm not going to do that in my free time if I don't have to. Um, if there's anything else you want to talk about the episode, do you want to play the, tar- the, the game? Oh, yes. uh, another game I'll be bad at. Okay. As long so, as it's not naming vegetables. Uh no. That, oh god, remember remember that? That was what what a day it was, like, was What was it? A vegetable or a colour? It was remember. a vegetable or uh a thing I made up, I think. Because they're all they were called like devil's memories and like oh, yeah. Johnny Big Fingers or something. <laughs> um so <laughs> Oh, those are the days. Um, as they say in Saw, shall we play a game? Yes, please. This is this is a Doctor Who wiki game. Oh, so God. every week, one of us goes onto the onto the incredibly in-depth Doctor Who wiki, and we find a real-life person, place, or thing. And you, Peter, and listeners at home, have to guess what it is based on the clues given by the Doctor Who wiki. Right. Okay. So this week, um, the ninth doctor said the invention of this was one of humanity's greatest strengths. Ian and Barbara once ate on the TARDIS, so it's a food. Uh, Nardo made said he made Nardo said he made a mean one of these, uh, and Graham worried about dropping it on his jumper. Final clue: the landscape of the planet Veltrock was said to look like a mound of this kind of food. So what am I talking about? What food am I talking about? Oh my goodness. Um, while it has been referenced that many times throughout... Oh, yeah. Food, I don't... My first go-to thought was some sort of biscuit. Like It's not, it's not a biscuit. I can tell you now, it's a type of food... But it's a variation on this type of food. 
it's kind of like like you make this kind of food and you add this in and it becomes this new kind of food. I literally can't even think of any lines that you've referenced. Um... Okay, so the Ninth Doctor one's from a, a comic, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, well. Ian and Barbara, Ian Barbara's from a book. Nardles is from an episode. Uh, Graham's is from a book. And the plan of Veltrock is from a book as well. Well, so that would it, be... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can give you a, a, a non-wiki clue if you want. Please, I have no idea. Um, it's, its origins are from a European country that is famous for lots of kinds of food and also the shape of the country itself. Um, because it look the the way the country is shaped, it looks like an item of clothing. Right. Well, so, um, Italy, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, um, sp- spaghetti. Uh, spaghetti what? Carbonara. No spaghetti. Hoops. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's spaghetti bolognese, or spag ball, as you might say. In when did Nardo say that? Uh, Ehus of Light, I think. Or it well, was. Well, that would it be why in, I don't remember yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ian and Barbara ate. Uh, I assume cubed versions of it on the TARDIS because of the TARDIS food machine. Oh, true. Why am yeah. I right? Literally, I am so bad at your games. Uh, I, it was either this or Brad Pitt and. Because uh, the Brad Pitt ones were too obvious, I went for Spaghetti Bolognese. Uh, I want to get Ennui, but uh, funnily enough, for all the pages they have, they don't have a page for Ennui on the on the Doctor Who wiki. So, um, yeah, so there's no page for sadness on the Doctor Who wiki. Why? Why the Tardis wiki is a strange place. Uh, I said it on on. Empty Child, but I, I was going to get Joe Biden for the Empty Child one. And I went on to like the Doctor Who wiki. And I think I showed you this as well, that like his page had been removed because someone kept pinned towards Hitler. So whenever you, whenever you oh look up Joe Biden, <laughs> it goes straight to Hitler's page. Um, but anyway, uh, Peter, uh, thank you for being here. Um, thank you for having me as I um, break the podcast three times. <laughs> they won't hear it. They won't hear it. Um, they will hear you though next season. I'm hoping for um, some uh, Doctor Light uh, slate and. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I am ready to defend. But anyway, thank you for being. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you for having me on the season finale. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You might say. Um, <laughs> so you might say something and I can't remember what I was going to say um, where can people find you online if you want them to find you online <laughs> you can find me on twitter at pjq97 where I will occasionally tweet about Chanto so thank you for listening don't forget to f- follow us on twitter at, at potterhoocast um, sub on itunes spotify wherever you get your podcasts from and please leave a review because we love reviews as much as we love spaghetti bolognese and um, Phil Morris.
Well, we don't know Phil Morris, but Phil, if you're listening, please uh, stop being a, a bit of a prick online and uh, give us the episodes. We we will we won't we won't do anything to you. We won't say anything else to you. But Peter wants Web of Fear. I want Evil with Alex. I want Macro Terror, first of all. You got Macro Terror. You got the the, the great 40 euro steelbook animated Macro Terror that I will never watch on principle for it being 40 euro at launch. And you'll be happy for it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, next time. (laughs) Next time. Christmas. Robots. Regeneration. So thank you for listening and always remember you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? Doctor.